Welcome to the Kavod Family Podcast. Kavod Family exists for the restoration of families and the transformation of communities. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Kavod Family Podcast. This is your host, Travis Shook. And of course, we got Casey with us. Hello, hello. How are you, man? Good. Very good. It's been a... Very good. All right. Why is that? I don't know. I guess I'm just in a in a in a season of life where I'm enjoying my days. Uh, whatever whatever comes, I'm I'm just really enjoying it. The house is full with kids. There's always laughter. There's always conflict and things that you have to work through. But but um, it's sweet. It's enjoyable. It's fun. You know, you know what I'm saying? I can honestly say, and this is going to sound super corny, like I'm trying to plug our podcast for myself. But but talking about these topics more focusing on being a better husband and why and being a better father and why and what we've been called to, it helps me be more intentional. Like when I'm home, like I, I see it and something will happen and, you know, Reed will do or Ezra will do something. And normally I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, wait, we just talked about this. This is a chance to teach. This is a chance to bring them to God. This is a chance for me to quit being so dang selfish and it's like, wow. I'm like, okay, it's, it's I, this... I sucked before. <laughs> Dang. You know? <laughs> well, it's it's like anything. If it's if it's if it's a habit, if it's a part of your day, you're far more inclined to actually work through it. If you get up and you read your Bible every day, you're far more likely to apply those principles than if you just show up to church on Sundays yes. and get a And you know when you're not. Like the easiest way I've I've been able to describe it to my kids, which they don't even know what the game is really, is operation. Like if you hit that that metal <laughs> side, <laughs> like you know. And whenever you're in your word and you're talking about it and you're around people who are doing the, the thing that you want to be doing and should be doing and you don't do it, you're like, oh, uh, okay, I'm not doing that again. You do it again, it's like, you just know <laughs> it's good. Oh, everyone has operation. That that was one of the joys of getting children back in the home was you got to play all those silly kids games and watch all those fun TV kids movies. TV shows, over exactly, and over yeah. Again. No shame in it. Oh, so we are jumping into round two on this this subject of work. Um, why don't you do a review, Travis? We hit work last week. We started it. We dove into it, and how work is is one of the gifts that God gave us to help fulfill this mandate to go and build family, right? Yeah, and you're the one who really—I don't even think I realized it until you pointed it out—that God introduced work and sex at the same time. Isn't that cool? Of like how, I mean, like pre- prevalent they are, how serious the base— of everything, and you can't get away from them. You can't get around it. It's like hardwired in your DNA to do both of those things. But how do you do it right? So that's kind of where we were with the last few episodes is there's God's standard, and there's a million other standards because that's how Satan works. He wants to, to create counterfeits to keep us away from God. But understanding why God made it, understanding how he made work, what was its function, why is it a blessing, what does it do? It exposes, it teaches us, it sheds light on stuff. And then it allows you to, to replicate that model in your family and your wife and in your kids and, and to, to steward and to lead this next generation to not be self-absorbed and consumed and to, to leverage all those things to better God and to better your family. So we did like a, a thousand foot overview of that, gave a few stories, but really just kind of taught the principle of why it's important, how God gave it, how there's counterfeits and a good way to do work and how there is an incorrect way of doing work. <laughs> And there's this delicate balance between the two. And that's that's really where we want to stay today is just to tell some stories to not necessarily not teach, but just to, I've got all kinds of stories of how I did it wrong, <laughs> still do it wrong. And, 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 and we're not trying to pinhole work into one category. Like 
We're just talking about men on a job site doing this. I mean, work is so... It's so broad. Yeah, like it, what Scripture course, says, work is unto the Lord. Like that. Right. That's not just your eight to five, nine to four, whatever your hours no, are. No, it's that's not, not just it. what, what you're getting paid to do. I mean, this is a part of your life, sun up to sundown. If if you're coming home to manage a home, it's going to take work to do that. Uh, and you could almost say that the two primary means to bring about family is sex and work. Like, those two go together. Yeah, absolutely. The more children you have, the more work it's going to demand. The more food to you got to have. Yeah, yeah bigger. Ha- all it the just things. is what it is. And so we, we want to help you. If you're a listener here, we, we mainly want to help you fall in love with those things because work can become this thing that we're kind of sour towards where we just want to get to the end of it. You know, we want to make enough money, put enough away, invest correctly so that way we can quit working and start playing. And, and I think... You know, there is some value to that, to be wise, to invest well, to do those kind of things, to kind of plan yourself so that way, you know, while you have your strength, you work hard, right? Like early in your 20s, you should be preparing yourself. You should be working really hard from 30 through 40, 50, and then later in life, being able to take a little more time to pour out wisdom and lead differently. That's normal. But also not to, to pigeonhole yourself in a box of like, work is not just your job that gives you a paycheck. Yeah. Like you work everywhere all the time, nonstop. Yeah. Kill that idol of, of retirement and, and just let go of it. Cause it can be this monster that you pursue and it will, it will chase you, you down. You lose out of the rest of your, yeah, yeah you absolutely. lose life. So to kind of, to kind of just get into this, I want to, I want to pull some stories out of you, Casey, tell some stories <laughs> from my own story on what work has done. Good, the bad, the ugly, what I've learned from it. What I, what I love, and God's been kind of helping me find words for this over the last few weeks, is work work shows us how either sinful we are or how Christ-like we can be. Work exposes our sinfulness. It exposes our selfishness, what we want, our aim, our motives, our master. And work also teaches us. Like, kids teach us to not be selfish, yeah. to be selfless. If If... You, you let them, you know, you could still be selfish in, in the midst of it. And I have found a way to do that quite often. But work does such a good job of showing, exposing, and teaching. And what those things do is it sets the stage for life. Like work will set the stage for your life to grow incredibly. Or if you do it incorrectly, it could, it could just ruin your life. You could lose yourself in it. Yeah. Work sets the stage for growth, sets the stage for love, sets the stage for all of that to be encompassed around Jesus and how that can be used to better better your family, better your spiritual family, better everybody around you when you see work as a resource to love on people with. Yeah. It, it, it has to become, you, you know, when you look at God, you can't separate work from him, his character. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, from our beginning, he was working, he was creating, like everything is held together by his work. Like you and I, are the sun, the moons, it all revolves around him working. Like he's the he's the one that holds it holds it together. And so, th- there's a part of that that you you have to start to accept into your own life. Like this thing, work, it's it's a blessing. It's an awesome thing to refine me, to shape me, to shape my children, to change them into the image I want them to be. Like yeah. like think of this: you can't accomplish what you want for Reed without work. What, everything you desire for him as a man one day, the means to that is going to come through many difficult days working. 
And that is work, working on a job, money to provide food or whatever for him, but that's also coming home and working with my son's attitude, <laughs> his character, his heart, like all of that. Like I always think think about this. The we're, We talk about family all the time, and one of the things that is absolutely necessary to build family is a home. It's a house. It's, it's one of the material things that you need. It's the stage for life. Whether you own it or rent it or whatever, you've got to have four walls, a roof that you dwell under that's safe and provided, a place that you call home, a place that you live in. But that house, if you think about it, because of the world we live in, it's always decay. It's always falling apart. The grass is always growing unless you you know, bought some turf that's that's laid down. Even that is falling apart, and you got to take care of it. But the the paint is getting old. Yep. The windows are you water know, damage like, from your son leaving issues. the faucet on. The sink out. You know, the carpet needs wash. Like everything in the house is just demanding that we work. Like you you never get to this point in life where. It's all just done for you. It's pristine. Everything's perfect. Even when we look at the scriptures and it talks about our future in heaven, like there's not going to come that day where we're just laid up (laughs) tanning all day, you know, sitting in a recliner enjoying work is part of life. And you're so unsatisfied when you have days like that. Now, there's days where you can absolutely, let's be real, stay home, binge a TV show, and it's rainy out and you lay on the couch all day. Go on vacation. Those are restful, good recharges. However, if, if you were to do that every day, you start to go a little crazy. Yeah, they, they definitely yeah. are rewards. Exactly. Yeah. For hard work, a hard season. Like we have that sometimes on the weekends and it's like, oh gosh, I needed that. But like a day or two of that, I remember Lyd and I's first vacation after we opened the gym, we took our, our honeymoon like nine years later because I was in the Coast Guard and didn't think I was just reporting to a new unit. I didn't think I was able to report there and immediately ask to go on my honeymoon like a week later, which absolutely I, I should have, <laughs> definitely. But we ended up going to an all-inclusive resort. I think it was in Mexico. We were probably married. Just oh, you and gosh, me. yeah, it was, it was eight or nine years of marriage in that we finally left, just us. And it was this like couples, all-inclusive, and the average age was like late 60s, early 70s. There's pools, there's the beach, there's no splashing, no laughter, just silence. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to play. Like, I'm going crazy. And like, of course, the first day or two, we relaxed, I had good food. I just slept all the time because I was so sleep deprived at that time. But like a day or two in, I was like, I have to do something. Yeah. Like I'm going crazy. And Lindsay, you know, reading a book, she's relaxing. I go down to this little shack to rent a snorkel. And this beach is like tiny compared to all the other resorts next to us. So I've got this like little section of beach that's like dirty, murky water. Like you just can't see very well. But I'm out there snorkeling trying to find something because I'm so (laughs) stir crazy. And we both said like our next vacation, like we want to be able to relax, obviously, but like to play, like to go and do things. Yeah. And if you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, it talks about there's nothing better than a man to enjoy a hard, day, a hard day's work. And you think of the reward and satisfaction you have when you've worked hard and you come home. Yeah. Or, or the same thing for the wife. Or if where you stay at home, mom, you clean the house and you feed and you, you get to see your family eat that dinner. It's like, ah, the, these are the memories. Like this is the time when we do this. No, and, and that goes for any 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 labor that you do, if you have to go out and go to work, my family was all blue collar workers. Like it, 
every man in my family for as far back as you can go swung some kind of hammer. That's just what they did. They were all they were all some kind of carpenter. So we grew up in that cloth. That's what it was. So I, I the countless days I would come home from work, you're soaked in sweat, your clothes are filthy, you know, your feet are sore, your back hurts, and you untie your boots and you take them off and your 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 feet literally look like they just got out of a hot tub, you know, because they're all wrinkly and <laughs> It's like so oh, hot yeah. and sweaty. Oh, yeah. But that feeling of like, oh, yep. we're done. We finished the day. And and here's the thing that, that is so crucial to that. If home is restful, there's nothing better. You came home to peace. If if the people at that house are chaotic, you just step back into another job, Exactly, right? exactly. And, and, and that will happen if you spend all your time and energy and heart and and zeal in your work, like your job, your occupation, right. and you come home and you do nothing. So your kids and your your wife kind of have to be, they have to be on that same page. You have to revolve as a family kind of together. You know what I mean? You kind of all have to be running on a similar clock. Like, like the, you're, you know this, you're, if your wife, when you get home from work, if that's your chance where your wife all of a sudden tunes in and starts doing her second job or whatever she's doing on the side, if that happens day after day, all week long, it's not restful for you. If your kids don't get in that rhythm when you get home to where they also kind of settle in and do family dad time together with you, it's not restful. Do, do you understand what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Like as a family, you have to take on this this rhythm of life that's that's together. It's it's you guys. So what? Like let's get into this. Let's let's flesh this out. What does that mean? How do we how do we do that? So let's let's say I work a normal job eight to five and I'm coming home and my kids are going to bed at eight thirty, nine o'clock, somewhere in there. So I've got like three hours with them. We'll just pretend that they're not doing any sports at this time. So I have those three and a half hours, four hours with them. What are ways for, for me after the end of my day, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I've worked all day, but I've got three or four hours with my kids. Yeah. And then I might have an hour or two alone with my wife. How can I work for my family, how can I love them? How can I lead them? How can I be the father and the husband I'm supposed to be? Sure. Give, give me some examples of that. What does that look like after I've worked all day? And my wife has worked all day. And the kids are like, I've been sitting at a desk all day. Let me go, you know? <laughs> like, what, what would you do? I, I think that it's not what, it may not be what you're thinking. The number one thing I have to fight is that stupid phone. It, the enticement to keep working, the enticement to make a call that you didn't get done during the business hour, the enticement to send an email off or, or to do something that wasn't finished. You know what I mean? It's just too easy nowadays to carry your work home with you. When, when I was a kid, my dad, he had one of like the first mobile phones that you could ever get. It was the big, it was like a briefcase and it had a cord. It was battery powered. Did, did you ever oh, see yeah. those? Oh, yeah. You had to carry it with you, charge it for the day, and then you call on it. You didn't carry that. Like, you didn't put it in your pocket and walk around with it. And and, and nowadays, it's just so easy to tune back into work. I find for me, I got to take that phone, put it on airplane mode or something, and get rid of it. And when I do that, when I can separate and let go of all the goals I have, it's very enjoyable to tune into your kids. It's so easy to get all in with It's your very kids. easy. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, life, the, the revolving door of life, whether that be sports or after-school curriculums that they're in or uh, music, whatever they're doing, 
if you can take that on yourself, if you can buy in and make that your hobby and start enjoying sitting and watching practice and involve yourself, you know, like take for instance Danny's karate karate place, right? If if you if you want that to be an enjoyable experience, you have to buy into going in and sitting in that room, the waiting room, and talking to the people that are there and making friends with the people that are there and watching. You can't do that three, four, five days a week and not socialize and make it an enjoyable thing. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. You have to buy into the environment and the people that are around you uh, outside of work. In, in that in that scenario, you're expanding your family there. You're creating other friends and fathers and mothers and kids for your sons or daughters to play with. Like you're extending that family, whatever, what I used to do when I was in the Coast Guard and those were kind of more my hours or sometimes when I cover some later classes in the afternoon here at the gym, when I come home, my, my book bag, literally like I have like a little kid, I have a book bag with my laptop in it and I set it down. My phone is face down. And then I'm like, like lid, what do you, what do you want right now? Like, what do you need? She's like, I'm going to cook dinner, then I'm going to shower. I'm like, all right, do you need me to do anything right now? If not, I'm going to get the kids out. I'm going to get them tired. We're going to do something. And most times she's like, no, no, go for it. So I go yank the kids out of wherever they are, whatever they're doing. We're outside playing something, whether it's some silly hopscotch, volleyball with my daughter, a rope swing with my son, just some way that they see dad's eye contact. I'm asking them questions about their day, and I'm looking at them, you know? Sure. And to them that – 10 minutes, 30 minutes feels like two or three hours. Then when we come in, mom's already showered. She's getting ready to make dinner. And then I'm like, kids go shower. So then it's a moment I'm like, hey, how was your day? What's going on? What are you doing? And I'll engage because she's tired. She's exhausted someday. She doesn't want to talk. But me being intentional with my questions, not just being like, hey, how are you? Good? Your day was good? Okay, cool. Not leaving it there, but trying to pull out conversations, pull out how her day was, knowing that she went and saw her grandmother, you know, that she tries to visit because she's in her late 80s. I'm like, how was that? How's she doing? Like, what did y'all talk about? What, what, one of some of the old stories on the farm, tell me one of them. And I'm intentional to pull those conversations out, and it helps her to unwind. It helps her to feel seen and heard without having just to talk to talk, like the small talk. Do you know? <laughs> And then from there, the kids are normally coming down. I'm helping with dinner, helping with plates and stuff. And then I make the kids do some sort of work like dishes, laundry, to take something off mom's plate. But there's this ebb and flow of that that short time frame that I'm home. I'm all invested with the kids. Yeah. I'm all in looking at them. I'm checking on mom. And then I'm, I'm, I'm playing, helping clean up, making sure the kids are cleaning up, doing their part, and then I'll go shower. And then, like, we kind of settle in for bed. But, like, so I'm still working but it's, it's loving on the family. It's being more intentional in that avenue. And then everyone starts to mellow out at the end of the night. They feel seen. They feel heard from dad. And then I could actually get a chance to either watch some TV show that I like to watch or read something that I want to do or just like literally sit in a rocking chair outside and just veg. <laughs> but I, I get that. But my main priority is them when I come home. Sure. And it, it, ebbs, it ebbs and flows, whether it's dishes or whether it's just get the kids outside and go play. Yeah. Or let's go out to eat. Mom, you're stressed and you don't want to cook dinner and it's late tonight. Let's go grab a bite to eat somewhere else and come home. Yeah. I, I had to, I came to a realization. This was a number of years back when I was working with a lot of um, college age kids and teenagers. And we, we lived on a property where there was 35 plus acres. And we used that property a lot to disciple young men. So they would, they would come there and they would spend 10 weeks at a time. And we would do Bible classes and all kinds of stuff. 
But then with my background, I was able to teach him a lot of construction things. We did a lot of remodeling, building, finish work, just different things. Took care of the property. Um, you know, you had to do a lot of grounds maintenance, mowing lawns, running tractors, weed whackers, all that fun stuff. But in that process, I came to this realization that life really is God's program. It's his program that he has all of us going through. Just think about that. Your home and, and the natural responsibilities of what it takes to take care of your home, that's what God has planned in order to disciple Reed and you, but to raise you up into the man that you're supposed to be. If you just just come home and look at your life and look around and go, all right, we've got chores. We've got things to do. We've got responsibilities. That fence needs painted or this needs repaired, whatever it is. And you kind of take that on with your children. You just go through the natural rhythms of actually having a family dinner. It takes effort. Like it takes work to put on a family dinner. Absolutely. Your wife slaves for an hour or two to put together a decent meal. You got to teach the kids how to plate the table and actually set up silverware, right? They go get dishes and uh, like the whole process. It's a two-hour labor to have that family dinner. But is it is it worth it? I mean, we th- we throw it away because it's far easier to just buy food, put on a TV show, I can and sit down and grub out. I can speak. I don't know if many people can because the more people I've talked to n- never grew up at a family dinner, family table consistently. My parents, without fail, from my memory, I always had a dinner time with my family. I'd come home. My dad is the cook. He loves to cook. He'd whip up the craziest things. My mom would set the table, check on me, do dishes, do long, do everything along the side, and we would sit and eat, and we would talk for 30, 45 minutes. Since my dad cooked, he would normally go get shower and go mellow out on the couch, and my mom would clean up. But, like, that routine I remember until I was 18. Yeah. And, like, that is such a fond memory of us sitting and eating and talking. <laughs> yeah. And I take it for granted because I'm just like, yeah, this is what you do. And Lid's like, we never, ever did that. Like, it was in front of the couch or – it just wasn't anything. The most helpful, fruitful thing that we do in our home to help develop our children is family dinner. Like if I had to watch everything that we do throughout the week, the sports, the the homework, the reading, all the different things that we do, none of it comes close to, to what happens if we're consistent with family dinner. And, and this is why when you're sitting there, it takes manners to sit and listen to a story. It takes care and responsibility and kindness to sit there and hold the conversation together, right? So you're working and you're setting the stage for life at that dinner table. Yeah. It's where they're, I mean, that's where they grow up. It's where they become beautiful little children. You you know, it's where they become respectful young boys and girls. So that's where it's at. So guys, just to kind of recap some of our older episodes too, we have talked about a lot of the things that we do in the physical sets the stage and the understanding for the spiritual. So God gave us a ton of parables in the Bible, something of farming or something that we could tangibly wrap our brains around on this earth to explain a heavenly principle. So the idea that you would work, physically work at your job for a paycheck, that paycheck then allows you to buy clothes for your family, food for your family, shelter for your family, transportation to sports and these different things. Like that is a physical representation of things that you're, you're, your family needs and and yeah. wants. But that should be a mirrored image of what you're doing spiritually for them as well. Like you are laboring as the man and the woman as well, but as the man, you should be laboring with your time with God, being that priest, being that prophet, understanding what your family needs right now. Yeah. 
does mom need to breathe and we go out to eat and have a moment and a memory? Do do <laughs> kids and I cook and it's not as good, but mom gets to laugh. Like we've had some funny meals where I've tried to cook and Liz's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like <clears throat> plain as day, I can hear numerous times. She's like, never mind. I'll just do it. And I'm like, no, I, I got it. I got it. She's like, I, I want it to taste good. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, fair enough, you know? But like we get to laugh about it. So it like, it's your role to, to see what you most men naturally grab a hold of in the physical to go and work. You cannot be lazy there. Yeah. You have to provide for your family. Yeah. Now, you can, you can work and kill it there, but that does not give you the excuse or the right to come home and be lazy and not work. No. You, you can't just disregard it. Now, now, there's times where it might be a horrible day, and you could vocalize that to your wife and to your kids, and, they, and, and they'll be there for you certain times of that. Sure. There, there are seasons where you have a terrible day and they kind of help you out and they carry, they carry that load with you. Cause that's family. Like I come home and my wife has a bad day and we'll pick up some extra stuff, but that should not be the norm. You should come home no matter how hard your day was. You might ask your wife, Hey, can I have five or 10 minutes just to, just to kind of breathe and decompress and get rid of some of this stuff, go to God, pray about it. Like that's fine. But then pull up your pants and go in there and be a father and be a husband and help out around the house. Go play with your kids. Make eye contact with your wife. Talk to her. I mean, does that make sense? No, absolutely. I mean, even – let me throw this at you. If you guys took a, as a family and just said, hey, next month we're not going to watch any TV. We're not going to sit and play on our phones or do games or anything like that. When we come home as a family, Monday through Friday – Okay, we're going to take on projects around the property. We're going to finish this job that we never did, or we're going to do an art project together. Or you're just going to function and do things as a family. I bet you at the end of that month, you would be happier than you would be if you just came in. Yes, absolutely. Are you tracking with me? You don't realize how much you you exist. You you coast when you just go about all those other things. It's in our nature to work. Like. It, 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 God has placed it in us. So as we work, we are fulfilling what he has created us to do. We are rightly expressing what he is like. And, and so we're happier. We're more joyful. You sleep better. <laughs> yes. Literally, like you yes. sleep better. So many people are like, oh, I can't sleep. There's numerous reasons for that. But one is you probably didn't work enough. <laughs> I woke up this Saturday. No, it might have been Friday. I don't remember what day it is. But... I come home and I'm like running around the house looking for everybody. And my kids are upstairs. They had been with me all day at the gym. They were upstairs. And I'm like, where's your mom? They're like, oh, I don't know. Is, is she here? I'm like her car's here. Like, where's she at? And I'm running all over the place. And I hear this just mm, outside. I'm like, what the heck? And she is pressure washing our side deck. Your mother was? No, my wife. Your wife. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, I want to use this. It is getting warm. There's pollen everywhere. So she just goes ham pressure washing this. Yeah. I've learned from years with her not to go, like, as a man, it looks like, go take that from her. No. Oh, she loves That's her happy place. She's so happy with that. Yeah. So I go outside, and I don't even grab the kids. I think I get the kids actually outside, and they start playing. But I'm in the yard. I'm burning our nasty fire pit that's been there all winter. And I'm, I'm tinkering around. The kids come in. They're picking up sticks. Like, they just, they just start, like, little bees buzzing around <laughs> mom, and they're helping. And... A lid was out there for like four or five hours, but our side yard minus our red clay mud pit that we're trying to get grass to grow, it's beautiful. Like we could sit out there again. We're getting rid of old lights that have water in them, you know, the little hanging lights and stuff. But like she decided to work 
and to, to fix this area, make it beautiful to host, to have people over. And we all just naturally rallied behind her and did it. And then every time we'd walk by the kitchen window, we'd be like, man, it looks good out there. Look <laughs> at that. You know, you're so proud of it. But most of the time we're too lazy to to start it, to do it, you know? We'd rather stand on the couch and watch Netflix. <laughs> so I'll give you another story. And this is something that God's been teaching me. Um, three doors down from the house I bought is is another house that I was able to buy, and my mom lives there. Uh, she rents a house for me. So we, we own two houses on the same street. She's at the bottom of the hill. We're about three-quarters of the way up. Um, and it's an, it's an older home, and it, and it needs a good bit of work here and there. You know, the water heaters are always going out or – uh, pipes are breaking or whatever. The roof needs fixed, all these different things. And so let me tell you how this has been actually a, a huge gift to me. I, I love my mom. I love my mother. I thoroughly enjoy her. But in your own family, when you get busy, it you just get busy, right? And you can get going and going and going and never pause and just walk down and see mom or go spend dinner and have dinner for her. And so the house, the fact that it has issues the way it's been a gift is when things break, it demands that me and the boys come down and we fix it. We love, we serve mom, we love on her, right? And it's 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 almost every week, if not every other week, that there's something that goes wrong and we got to come down and work on it. But it keeps us in relationship with my mother. Like she gets to see her grandchildren come down and work on the house. Do you understand what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So the need for work has caused, it's helped it's facilitated this relationship that needs to happen. Generations do. Yeah. Not just you and your mom. You, your mom, and her grandkids. Isn't that I mean, awesome? It's such a beautiful thing. So the other the other night, she had, and this was late, it was like 8, 30, 9 o'clock, and she had a pipe bur- burst under the house. And so she was able to turn off the water, and, and me and the boys, I got the boys, and it, we, they were excited. I said, come on, we're going to go work on this house. So we crawl under the wall you know, the crawl space under the house. And I've got two of my boys down there. And this is the first time they've crawled around under a house. They, they could not have been happier or more excited. I mean, little boys, it was like they were on a playground, a jungle gym, you know, they're under a house with a headlight on crawling around, looking for spiders, fixing, fixing water pipes, fixing stuff. And, you know, is in that moment that you realize, like, I can either be frustrated and angry that I've got to get down here and get muddy and fix this house at 9 p.m., or I can look at this and be like, thank you, Lord. Like, you've uh, this broken water pipe has become a means for me and my boys to be together, then for you to teach them skills so they're actually useful in life, and three, for us to love on my mother so she feels valued and loved and cared for. Like, this is everything I want, and the way you produced it was a broken pipe, was a problem, was work. Yeah, when most people would just see it as that as a problem, an inconvenience. It, think about that. And so you you really have to stop. I, I mean, when you believe that God is in control, when you, just pause for a moment. When you think like that, you have to understand that little things aren't just chance or it's not coincidence that things happen. Like problems arise uh, issues come up, you know, work is demanded, and it's all there because God is trying to facilitate something greater. And if we can pause and check our attitudes and deal with those things, often you'll see the greater need that God's trying to to produce. And and that's a cool thing. Absolutely. Just like we said at the beginning, work shows things. Work exposes things. Yep. Work will teach things. So guys, also to take this back into like the physical, the the real world, if you guys have the chance to spend more time with your kids besides just the few hours after working on the weekend, 
Absolutely. Take advantage of that. If you have the ability to take your son or daughter to work for a few hours, yes, it is an inconvenience. Yes, you will get less work done. But what was really cool in the Coast Guard, so government rules, laws, things you had to abide by, our bosses knew the value of family. And we would have once, probably once every half a year, I feel like it was twice a year. So wintertime and then like summertime where they could see both sides of our job because I was in Michigan and we would do ice rescue. So we were on all the frozen lakes and we got to get on the dry suits and go out on the lake and cut a hole in. And it was super cool. Then we got to get on the boat side. We're out on the lake. They would have like a, a family day where we wouldn't work. We would be on call in case something bad happened, obviously. But the family would come over and we'd barbecue and we'd play cornhole and we'd play volleyball. And then like you could take your kids out on the boat. So we would go out and someone would still be on call just in case they needed us. But I got to take Excuse me. <clears throat> my daughter, yeah, she was born then. Reed and Esri and Lydia on the small boat. And I got to drive and do, you know, drive fast and turn corners and show off as dad. But like the the value that my bosses knew of uh, my my family having a voice, being seen, being thanked, being appreciated at the job. Yeah. And me getting to show off to them, like when I'm away from you guys, I'm doing this. So then whenever I call them or I'm at work or something, they're like, hey, what'd you do today? I'm like, well, you know the boat? They're like, yeah, did you go really fast? Like, they got to relate in my work, you know? So the ability, if you are a boss, like, to, to some scale, to be able to offer that for your employees or a place where their their spouses can come and eat lunch or a few hours on an afternoon or on a Friday where they can come in and see, like, the ability to not separate families here, work is here, God is here, and that's how we do things. Right. Because eventually one of those is going to break and it's just going to muddy over into everything else. When you see that that is a cohesive unit all the way across the board, your relationship with God, your family and your work, they're one and the same. Yeah. Even with that, I mean, just think about the the questions that go into picking a job. Pick a job that you're proud of. Pick a job that is that is safe and healthy. Pick a job that children, if they showed up, they wouldn't be embarrassed by what you do or who you work with, right? Like. Go and work for a place where you, you're you grateful to be able to be a part of that mission and you're proud of the product that you produce. Like, Don't work your life away at a place that's just for a paycheck where you despise the thing that you do, you hate the people you work with, you're disappointed in the overall mission of what your, your job is, but it pays well. Oh God, your life is not worth that. Yeah. Like throw that away as fast as you can and go find a job to where if your wife and children followed you, You'd be proud of them to fill your shoes, to step into that place and to finish that mission with you. You know, like you, you want them to be a part of that. That's how you, that's actually how you help your children grow. Man, my, my dad right now, and I've said this before, we kind of have a generation that's purposeless. They don't know what to do. I think it's enlarged because you have a generation that's not very skilled. And when I mean skilled, I mean like natural skills. Physical job wise. Yeah, they, they they didn't grow up having to mow the lawn. They didn't grow up having to trim the trees and, and till the garden. They didn't grow or up. go to work with their parents. They didn't get to. No. No, and so what they've done is they've spent the majority of their youth sitting in a classroom learning from books or for teachers how to live, and they've not lived. And And so I'm telling you, that's such a curse, especially on men, because countless men that I saw that would be highly educated college students with zero practical skills on how to take care of the home, 
and they they lacked confidence. Yeah, absolutely. They were insecure, right? They were afraid. They were fearful. They didn't have vision for the home. Like it was such a, it was such a win when you could teach them two or three or four or five practical skills, and then you watch them implement that, and they loved on the people around them, and all of a sudden their confidence went and went through the roof, right? So, like you said on the, on the weekend, Casey, your goal your goal at the at the end of the week when you're starting your weekend is for your family to be together. Is to create memories. Is to create time with that, to give them a win, something fun, something exciting, or to teach them something. Because you understand the value of that is it, it helps remedy the problem that you just said. My son came up to me. Oh. I don't know, a week or two ago. And we just built this little janky rope swing on the on this <laughs> limb over. So we have like a, a retaining wall that drops. So it's actually a pretty pretty sweet rope swing. He's like, Dad, I want to build this box that like holds this thing. And I'm like, what? Like I'm trying to understand what he wants me to help him build so I can help him. And I could not get it. And he, he knows where my brain is like rationalizing how dumb it was. He goes, Dad, I know it's dumb. I just want to build something. And I'm like, just wanted to build. And I was like, that's fine. Just... Tell me what it looks like so I can kind of help you here. And he did, and we went out, and you know, I helped show him how to cut the wood and get some pilot holes so he could drill things in. And he was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And he goes, I, I, I said, hey, go show your mom. He goes, you did it. I said, I, I held some boards. You did it. Go tell her. And he <laughs> walks in, and his chest is all puffed up. He's like, Mom, look what I built. And she's looking. I could see her face. She's like, what? And I looked, behind, I was standing behind Reed. I go, just hype him up. Just get excited. You know, I was looking at her. She goes, whoa, boss, that's crazy. And he turned around and his chest swelled up and he was so pumped. And this random wooden box thing made of scrap wood is sitting in our yard right now storing stuff. But the point is, like you said, the weekend isn't like, like you're prioritizing family. Whether it's fun, whether it's lessons, whatever it is, you're prioritizing family. Yeah, and and we have this belief ingrained in us that good times mean that you're just playing. Like like we think of it like that. Like we just have to have more and more play. Like look for more play, best opportunities, best experiences, more holidays, more fun. I'm telling you, often just just do a job together, do a project together with your kids, and it will be more fulfilling than the play you would have had running up, going off and doing Absolutely. Something. And especially when you can look at it from both lenses, the physical and the spiritual. The physical, like you need to get this job or whatever around the house completed. But the spiritual is like your family bonding. When when my wife and I could do a project together and stop, stop fighting to get to the objective, to stop fighting to get it done quickly, to stop yes. fighting to get it done beautifully— and we just got to laugh at how bad we were at it. Like there was so much fun in that. Yes. And there was this saying, I think I, I played it for you earlier this week. This TikTok video is really good. If we can find it, we'll play it maybe on the next episode. But this guy said, when when you grab a hold of the vision and the purpose that his presence, God's presence, is more important than the promised land. So a quick recap most, the majority of the Old Testament was about getting to the promised land or living in the promised land. And then they got in trouble and they got, you know, taken over and yanked out of the promised land. The promised land is this huge theme in the Old Testament. Right. The kingdom was external. Build the temple, find exactly. the land. Yeah. But when you grab a hold of that, his presence is bigger than any promised land, any car, any home, any retirement, any amount of money. His presence being with you is is worth that. Yeah. So whenever I got to grab a hold of that with doing a project with my wife, 
it became more fun. Like anytime we do a project now, there's country music, we're going to Lowe's, I'm getting a beer and we're working on something. And it's just habit. And she's like, what do you, I said, just what we do. <laughs> it's what we do. And like, it's become fun and funny. And then Reed, Reed got me the other day. He's like, oh, here we go. House project. I'm like, why are you like that? He's like, well, because you get frustrated. We have to go live in Lowe's. <laughs> And then we go back to Lowe's because you didn't get the stuff. And then your your parts break, and then it kind of looks good, and you end up redoing it. And I said, you're absolutely right, but it's funny at least. Yeah, it's fun. But he's getting that idea of that, and it's prioritizing family, prioritizing the spiritual aspect of that more than just hanging a new fence or whatever it is. Uh, let me let me paint a practical picture for how valuable this this really is. I would say that you should try. Um, this isn't a hard rule. It, it, it's not. This is not a hard rule. But you should make every effort to try to solve all the problems around your own home with your children if they're young and it's a good season to train them. Just, just try it. If you have, if you have to learn a skill to do it, whatever. If you can do this without having to hire this out or find some, if it's not a real technical job. Just try it. Do everything you possibly can with your kids. <laughs> and laugh. And enjoy it. Yeah, but but do it because together you'll learn so much. My dad, he built a lot of homes. He was a custom home builder. So we grew up on the job site with him. And it was very quickly that I realized, oh, man, I can work with dad and make some good money. So I did that, you know, through high school, through college, built homes. And so I had learned a lot of practical, hands-on job skills through working with him. Well, by the time I, I met Erica and started dating her, I met her when I was 18. And I met her on a mission trip going down to Mexico. Well, I went down there once, and they saw that I had a few practical skills. Immediately, I became one of the leaders of the group that was going down there because I had practical skills. The next trip, I came down and ran the construction crew because I had practical skills. And that continued. And I went on Travis, I can't tell you the amount of mission trips that I went on where I was able to actually be a blessing to the people I was with because of the practical skills my dad had taught me. Building homes in Indonesia, building homes in Pakistan, build, building yurts, like all over the world going and doing things because I actually had some kind of skill set that would that would help, right? And so I, I mean that if you're, I'm not saying everyone has to become a blue collar labor type. I'm just saying don't shy, don't run from projects. Don't run from, from skill development. Do it, learn it. And if you have the gift, maybe you're gifted in, in speech or in writing or something like that, harness that with your kids and let them learn how to do that. Teach them how to write, teach them how to narrate a book, teach them how to put on a play, whatever. I'm just saying like, Think about passing on skill sets to your children, and you will prepare them far more for life. You'll give them you know, a future. Absolutely. And these are just different pra practical examples of how to work Erica, for your family. Erica married me because I could work. She was attracted to me because I could work. Well, I'll put it that way, right? Like that was one of the first things that, that attracted her to me. Her mom gave me a blessing for marriage. Why? Because I could work. He's going to take care of the little girl. I asked her dad if I could marry her while I was working for him, serving and doing the project on it, on it, on something he needed for him. Yeah. And so I'm just saying that it's, it's invaluable for young men to develop some kind of work aptitude, some kind of awareness where they feel 
useful and skilled and capable so that they can add to society, they can add to their family, they can put in and build this thing that God all has, you know, he has us a part of, this development of family and life and his kingdom. And so just just don't over outsource all of that. <laughs> there's there's such a joy in a like we we've said this will be the third time I think work shows, work exposes, work teaches, it sets the stage for life in the physical, obviously, but also in the spiritual. How how to grow your family, how to give life to your family, love to your family, how to have Jesus at the center and recreate all these things for that next generation. Yep. So guys, that was a a kind of a tail end of the of the work saga there. I'm sure we'll be back in it before, but the idea of work and sex, how they were designed by God, put together by God. He has a way to do it, and there's life, and there's a purpose behind it. And we've shed a little bit of light on that, definitely not exhausted it. But the next the next series I think we want to get into is, is sex and how God set that up the biblical way, the correct way, and why Satan has created all these different counterfeits and how they can be oh, devast- <laughs> devastating to your family. Oh, enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Kavod Family Podcast. Please like, share, and leave us a review. If you've enjoyed this content, or if you're familiar with some of our programs and partners in the Kavod Family Network, please consider becoming a donor at Kavod Family slash donation. God is in the process of restoring all things to himself. That begins with the person. That person is part of a family, and that family belongs to a community. Kavod Family is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry.